So, it's nice to see everybody today. We are studying about the life of Jesus. We're going through the story. There are still some uh, books that are in the entryway on that side as you go out. Um, If you don't have one and would like to pick one up, they're free. We'd like for you to take one with you. Last week, I talked about the fact that uh, Jesus was a miracle worker. And it was one of the things that uh, got everyone's attention was the things that he did. And it was obvious that that was a way in which people were interested in who this guy was. And the disciples moved from having a regular agenda of going fishing every day to all of a sudden following Jesus and not knowing in following him what every new day would bring. And we kind of get into our own patterns and our own habits and our own lifestyles and our own comfort zones, and we're less flexible about what that's going to mean in terms of our reality. We create a reality for ourselves that is comfortable for us. We like living within our own reality, and we enjoy that, but sometimes that reality which we create for ourselves isn't the true reality or all that there is to see. There's a story that comes out of 1930 where in New Guinea there was a tribe of people who had never encountered anyone outside of their own island. So the reality that they knew, the world that they lived in, the truth that they understood was all related to what existed within their own tribe until two gold prospectors from Australia showed up and they were much different. They looked different. They were, they were white. They were two guys from a foreign place as far as this tribe would know. They washed with soap in the water and they thought the soap was like a skin disease that broke out on them. They had no concept of this because their life was trading in seashells or they didn't understand the concept of fire. And when one of those guys took his false dentures out, it really flipped them out. And so a new reality was brought into this tribe that they didn't know existed outside of their own reality. And all of a sudden, it expanded their understanding of the world and what was out there. And sometimes we get into our own what I call islanditis. We get within our own little circles of reality, and we forget that there's a bigger world out there beyond us. And so, in regards to what we're talking about and teaching today, Jesus came to speak about a kingdom that was different than anything that anyone had ever experienced before. He came to bring a teaching about a new reality, a new kingdom, a new place, a new concept, a new way of living, a new way of life that was foreign to the people that he brought this message to as we had in the skit here. It was even foreign to some of his own disciples who lived with him and followed him day in and day out. And they were trying to grasp what this new reality meant for them. So not only was it about what Jesus did, today we're going to talk about what Jesus said. And so what he did was was to break in in miracles and demonstrate that, that the reality that we are living in is not what we think of and that there's a power that exists that can change water into wine, that can open the eyes of the blind, that can raise people up that have been dead. So that's one new illustration about that. But he came and he spoke also. 
In fact, he was called the Word, the Logos, the Word of God. Now for us, we are moved more by what we see happening than we are necessarily by what we hear. We aren't as good and attentive at things as far as what we hear. At least a lot of us are not really good learners about what we just listen to things on. But Jesus came bringing a message that was also just as powerful and just as different as the reality that they had. One of the marks of a really great leader is that they are both fearless and humble. And Jesus qualified in both of those areas. He came in a humble way, as we all know, and he walked in a humble manner. But he was also fearless. Fearless. He had the, that paradox of both being humble as well as being fearless. And he had a mission. He was on a mission, and he had something to say. So much of what he talked about had to do with the kingdom of God, the kingdom principles of God. And, and it was hard for him to try to in, engage the people with these kingdom ideas. He spoke in parables. He, he spoke in or pre, pre, preables or whatever. Yeah. Parables. People didn't understand that, but he had to tell stories. He was a great storyteller, and then he would interpret the stories that he told. And, and he came and he spoke about lost coins and lost sheep, and, and he spoke about treasure and where that treasure would be found. And he, he spoke about seeds, a sower, and, a, and, and seeds on the ground, and the word of God, and the devil, and birds. And he, he gave all of these illustrations in his teachings to try to explain to the people what this kingdom, new kingdom, was like. Now, we as Americans are not accustomed to being members in a kingdom. In fact, we take great pride in our independence and our freedom. And we don't know what it's like to live with a king and under a king and to live within a kingdom. We like to have our independence. We like to have our, our autonomy. We like to make our own decisions. We like to walk according to the reality that we want to create for ourselves. It's not easy for us to be followers. We're very independent-minded people and we take great pride in that and we're not accustomed to following someone else's words and their direction so it's probably a little difficult for us to follow jesus as a lord and king for us as believers but that is the way in which we can make visible the invisible kingdom of god on this earth to make visible that which is invisible we, as the followers of Jesus Christ, are to follow this new reality, to live within this new reality, to bring this new reality into our lives and into this world. And it's very different. It's very different. It's hard for us to be fully devoted followers of Jesus and to truly follow the words that he spoke. His longest discourse or his longest talk was known as the Sermon on the Mount. We find that in Matthew 5 through 7. And I have just picked up some excerpts from this long talk of Jesus, and I would encourage you to read through that again. But it is the greatest summation of what he is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like or what it is about and our place in that and our activity in that. 
So we're going to bring up uh, Matthew 5, which we would know as the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to look at these scriptures. There are some passages that are a little bit longer, but I think it's very valuable for us to read the Word of God as we're gathered here together and to look at these words of Christ and see what the Holy Spirit might bring into your spirit as you read these again. And let's, we can freely, uh, you, you feel free to read this through together out loud. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus is lining out what this kingdom looks like, and he's trying to explain to them that the people that we think might be in power and have all the, the benefits are not the people that we think they are. And he says that this is, this is something for us to consider. Let's move on to a couple other things that he had to say. Let's go to the next. Matthew 5, 38, we'll be, we kind of skip ahead to this section of, of uh, conversation he had. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. These are hard sayings. I had a counseling session with someone at one time and that was a believer in Christ and they were really struggling with some issues of forgiveness and things in their life. And I looked at her and I said, 
Sometimes, honestly, it really sucks to be a Christian because it's, so, it's not easy. You can't harbor animosity and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and grudges in your heart and still be a believer in Jesus. You have to fess up to your own part of an equation of wrongdoing. You have to be willing to forgive, not just look for them to ask forgiveness towards you, but you have to own up to your part of the words that you say and the actions that you take. And that's the hardest thing for us to do because we don't want to do that. This self that we have inside of us does not die easily. We do not roll over for anybody. And yet Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And Jesus said, if someone wants to sue you, you settle that lawsuit. You take, you take responsibility for that. If someone wants you to go one mile, you go with them two miles. You live and act and speak in such a way that it is so contrary and so different than the reality of this world right here that it's going to cost you something and it's going to take walks of faith and it's going to blow people away. It will blow them away because it's not the way most people live. It's not the way most people act. And yet, sometimes, many times, we as believers live and act and speak and do like everybody else around us. And Jesus was trying to institute this new way of kingdom living. Let's go on and look at another passage that he spoke. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, <clears throat> there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus knew exactly how we're formed. And he knew exactly how we would act about certain things and what types of traps we would have in our lives and what sorts of things would come up and, and creep up or grow up as in the sower and the seed and choke out the word of God and the life of God in us. Choke it and wither it and shrink it and kill it. He went on and said some more. Matthew 7. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye 
and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I have seen many times, and I have done this in my own life, that I, I reserve the right sometimes to pick and choose what I want to follow and what I listen to. But I don't have that right, and neither do you. Not as a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. You do not have that right. But those old ways in us are hard to die. And when someone's coming after us, we want to come back after them. And when it comes to our money and our possessions, we want to have the right over those. Because we have this attitude that it all belongs to us when it truly all came from him and belongs to him in the first place. We're quick to judge others. We use all these different criteria to judge other people. And it's truly that way with the plank and the, saw, the speck of the other person. We do all of these things. We, we do all of these things wrong. And Jesus said, this is the way to go. This way. Do this. And it all sounds great in theory until we have to do it. The kingdom of God is a great treasure. The kingdom of God operates with spiritual powers that we do not understand nor can we control. The kingdom of God is a worry-free, anxiety-free realm of living. It's, a, it's an amazing way of life. But we don't translate it into our daily lives. We don't translate it into the way that we date people or the way that we treat people or the way that we live in our lives and the way we speak. We just don't translate it. We don't take that word of Jesus and translate it. Translating it means that we go out and do it and we live it. And we exercise that. And not a one of us is an, ex is an exception here. This is something we all can improve in. Every one of us who is here today, no matter where or how good you might think you are in following and trusting Jesus and living by his word and following what he says, you all have room for improvement, as do I. We all have room to improve. And we should be quite serious about that. And not just blow by it and overlook it. We should sincerely seek the Holy Spirit and ask him to sift our spirits out. So that we are operating according to the reality of the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the words of Christ that came to break into the reality of our world 
and not let us live in the way that we choose to live or want to live, but to follow you and follow the words that you speak, to live with the attitudes you want us to have, to forgive, to ask forgiveness, to release and live as free people because we are only free truly within your kingdom because you are the one who has set us free. I want to I also share with you just this moment that there is a certain virtue in coming to the end of yourself. Hopelessness is not a good thing. It can be a very good, virtuous thing because it can take you to Jesus. As great as Jesus was and is and can be in our lives, still only about one in four people choose to accept his message, to accept his forgiveness, to accept his salvation, to accept his message. If there's anyone here today that has still not given their life to Jesus, today is a good day to do that. Don't be three out of the four people that choose to walk away from Christ and not be changed. You are here today. He has you here today for a reason. And if you are still lost and wandering in a wilderness... This is the day that you can choose to ask Jesus to save you, to forgive you, and to change you. This can be your day today. Make that offer of yourself to Jesus today because he has given himself to you. Some of you are wrestling with some serious issues today because you've become contaminated and you're a toxic person. Rather than be a blessing to others everywhere you go, you're complaining and grumbling and griping about something when you are above all people blessed. And you can stop that and change it. Some of you are harboring grudges. Some of you are angry and upset about things you can't control. Some of you are very unloving. Some of you are so selfish over your possessions. Some of you are just so willful in living out your own life that you are a token Christian, only in appearance, but everything inside of you and everything else about you does not speak of you as a follower of Jesus Christ. Today is a good day to heed the words of our king and become a part and a full citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And that you might walk all the rest of your days trusting in Christ and his words. Even if things within you don't seem like you should do it, it goes counter to everything that's inside of you. By obedience, you do it, you say it, you believe it, you practice it, you follow it. You trust it because it's the truth. God, I pray for all the hearts that are here today that we would realign ourselves with you. In whatever area of our lives that have gone astray. And that we would choose you because you chose us first. That we would love you because you loved us first. And that 
we would follow you because you call us to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. In your name we pray. Amen. I can't change you. No one else can change you. Jesus can change you. Ask his transformation in mind and spirit and soul. We're going to stand and sing a closing hymn today. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And it is true. We form hands here and we form a circle before we leave just to have a little moment of sharing. There's a couple of things that are pretty exciting to share with you before we go today. Okay, let's... Uh, Looking for Ernie. Is Ernie around here somewhere? Where are you, Ernie? Ernie! Ernie's right here. Ernie just got baptized on Tuesday night. So, yep, you welcome him into God's family, and he's been on quite a journey. Ernie, we're excited for you. 
And we have several others now that want to be baptized on Easter, so if that's something you would like to do, uh, we're going to have baptisms on Easter Sunday, so that'll be a great event as well, and some baby dedications on Sunday on Easter. Other things that you might have to share today? Yes, my Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Good to have you guys here today. Somebody else has something to share. Oh, Lori has a... Uh, yeah, Lori. Right, and it's, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bid deal. You, you, you buy your worker, so, uh, and they have things to do, so it's a good fundraiser. If you didn't hear that next week, uh, if you aren't going to be here next Sunday but want to have one of the Dominican kids uh, do some odd jobs around your house and so forth, then uh, let Lori know today. Otherwise, next week, you can, uh, you can go through the little bid process. Okay, yeah, Chris. I was just wondering, All right, someone else. Uh huh, Tony. Ah, uh, happy birthday, Miss Ellie. And of course, you would have to give out the, 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 the real details there, but that's. Cindy. Ah, happy birthday, Brad. Cool. All right. All right, we're going to sing. Sing Alleluia.
Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace today and forever. Amen. Thank you all for being here. How are you?